0: Welcome to another edition of Motorman and Rudog. Dog. A little bit of a hiatus. Cough, cough, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Free agency is upon us. This is not where we give out the Lombardi. I love this song. Gosh, it's killing me over here. This is Rudy Reyes welcoming Scott Morgan Ross to the show. Scott, how are you? I know you're in a, a quarantine right now. Is that is that right?
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that quarantine kind of gets it done a little. I was in Arizona last week where we were disconnected from the whole thing until all of a sudden reality set in on Thursday and the rest of spring training was canceled. But we did get three out of four games in and hit all the stadiums necessary, so no complaints. But, yeah, I got to tell you, Rudong, you know, Arizona is another world, man. I tell you, I could have stayed out there another day or two, but, you know, with uh, this SEAL DIG 19 business here, it did put a wrinkle in some things. They're really happy what we did, yeah. But I always try to be on the program with you, as always, because we have a lot of energy, a lot of information, and no shortage of opinions.
0: No, there's sure. no shortage of, of opinions here. There's a lot of stuff going on in the NB. I, I guess you can call uh, you can call the the, the sports casualty of, of sports casualties. There hasn't been a show. Everybody is playing reruns, repeats, rinse, and repeat for those shows uh, ESPN's doing it. Not that it's a plug-in for ESPN, but they're, they're all about the rerun. And right now, that's exactly what they're doing for everyone, for everybody who's stuck in, indoors and doing what they're doing to try to keep themselves occupied uh, and keep their mind off of the sports that, is, that basically is not being seen. It's not being witnessed. and this, It has to be kind of unfair if you think about it. I mean, we're, and what's really interesting is that it took for Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul, uh, to 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 pass away, and now all of a sudden, this COVID, you know, ID nineteen business, as uh, coronavirus has kind of taken the sports, and making sports no longer fun. So instead of sports going viral, this is going viral, and it's not the good kind of viral. I can assure you. Uh, speaking of viral, we got a lot of viral things going on. Free agency tracker: the latest casualty of this is Todd Gurley. Uh, Todd Gurley getting cut after being the Offensive Player of the Year in 2017. Uh, Scott, what do you think about this cut? Was it was it wise for the Rams to dump all this money, And not to mention they have $20 million in dead cap space by cutting well, Todd Gurley?
1: Well, what you're dealing with is uh, Todd has a lot of injury problems, and, of course, the Rams traded all their draft picks away to get certain – so they're trying to get uh, restock their draft cabinet before the draft. So, you know, Todd Gurley went out there and said – Man, that stinks. I could cut on my day off, oh, you know. God, welcome to the NFL, where you're really at a one-year contract, but, boy, that money look, number looks really good up front. But when, when you are definitely uh, dealing with injuries and they owe you millions of dollars and life isn't very fair, and Todd Gurley got, found out how cruel the NFL business is, but he won't be unemployed long. Now, whether he gets the same amount of money that he had with the Rams, it remains to be seen, but... I guess you could just say that's the business. And when NFL players want a lot of money, then cases like this remind you, you better take what you can get because your window is really, really, really uh, short.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely is short. I mean, the actual shelf life, people are complaining about the CBA and how it's affecting running backs and devaluing their position. Let's score this up right now, shall we? The fact alone that the new CBA was ratified has nothing to do with the running back position being diminished as being a part of the offensive line to create balance on that line. You need at least a fullback, if not a running back, if not both for that matter. But with that being said, now you have a situation where Gurley could have two potential landing spots. One of them is Atlanta. Why Atlanta? Well, it's in the NFC, maybe a different time zone, but it's still in the NFC. And they, and they dumped off Devontae Freeman, former, former Falcon now making room for guys like Todd Todd Gurley, there's still some hot names out there. I don't know how hot Jameis Winston is. I mean, his interceptions are hotter than completions. Uh, and then you look at, <laughs> oh, wait, he just got intercepted. Forget it. He's not going to be picked up by a team because his attempt with his agent was intercepted uh, by the opposing <laughs> defense. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that in there. Uh, this, right. is, this is Rudy Ray Scott Morgan, on at Take No Punches. Like it, love it, never leave it, share it, please, because we like that kind of thing around here. Um, so Todd Gurley could land in Atlanta. People want him to land other places. I think he'd look great um, in, in Tampa Bay. Speaking of Tampa Bay, where, where Tom Brady, the historic pick of all picks, uh, to get six-time Super Bowl winner now, after 20 years in New England, finds his way to, to Tampa Bay. Same time frame. He did it for his family. Todd Gurley can follow suit. That is, it's great for, f- from a passing yard standpoint, if you're Tom Brady. Not so good if you're a guy by the name of Todd Gurley. That'd be the only reason why I don't foresee him fitting there, but I see him fitting the used to former uh, two-headed monster in Atlanta behind behind Ryan would have been Devontae Freeman. Of course, we know what happened to his other cohort, goes on to another team, but um, where where do you see Todd Gurley landing here? Is it is it Atlanta? Is it Pittsburgh? Where does where, where does he go? You,
1: know, you make a whole lot of sense about Atlanta, and I'll tell you why. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that he played for the University of Georgia. So you know, playing in his home state where he played college ball in the uh, in that stadium, I think would be ideal. I'm not so sure about uh, Tampa at all. I think they've got a couple of good running backs, and I'm not so sure. Whether or not Pittsburgh's a good fit, although you never know, that would be. If I had to put them in the order, I would say Atlanta, because you convinced me of that one already. Because the University of Georgia connection, I would put Pittsburgh second, and Tampa third. That would be what I would do.
0: Well, yeah, because look, in in offseason, Steelers don't usually make a splash in free agency. They really don't. I mean, historically, they haven't. They did it during last year's regular season, where they gave a first-round pick to Miami. Uh, in order to acquire Minka Fitzpatrick, who obviously paid his way in gold, uh, with with you know six six interceptions, but I think more more importantly, they acquired Derek Watt comes over, plays with his brother TJ. Now we need it's JJ Watt to complete the uh, wattage uh, on that uh, on that defensive line <laughs> in Pittsburgh. But, uh, yeah. t- but 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 to see Derek Watt go in and leave the Chargers, I mean, he wasn't used primarily anyway. He wasn't a featured back. No matter what. He's more like a fullback. However. Spoken
1: like a, yeah, spoken like a true Pittsburgh fan. <laughs> I remember taking a picture of you down here at the Super Bowl with your Pittsburgh uh, Steelers helmet. Meanwhile, the Lions were on the other side, and we were uh, we were gassed at that point. I can not get mine with the Lions. But, now we got to give you your Steelers, too, Rudy. Okay, so you want Watts out in uh, the Free Rivers area. i yeah. give you your
0: Wattage, wattage. You got to have the wattage. Yeah. You you got to be able to turn up, turn up the sound. But but more more interesting than that, I think Todd Gurley would do really good if Derek Watt was up front blocking for him. I, I think Todd Gurley would would be the X factor outside of James Connor. That's when you use James on the opposite side, put Todd Gurley on the out, and and similar to what they did with with Le'Veon Bell. So it wouldn't right. really shock me to see them do that. Connor had a couple of flat routes last season. Um, of course, Ben, you know, showing that he's getting back into motion and everything they're in. Uh, Steelers don't have a lot of drafts, so it would be wise to maybe pick up an additional quarterback um, out, outside of obviously talking about Todd Gurley. But I think from, from the Gurley perspective, I think his relationship with Cronkie, I think his relationship with a lot of position coaches, especially the running back coach, was deteriorating every day and the fact that he was injured with the knee that kept him out, but they felt the need to add two more years to that extension. Todd Gurley, it's not like he's losing. I'll put it this way. If you put him in a situation where he's sitting out during the regular season, he's not going to really be missing much other than playing ball because he's collecting the bread. End of story. So Todd Gurley doing a lot outside of playing in, in football, but at the same token, he... As long as that knee's better, and I'm really concerned about that knee. I really because that kept him out during different stages during the regular season last year, preventing him from being the impact player that he was the year prior or earlier last year, I'll say that.
1: Well, the one thing you can't lose sight of during free agency, especially this year with this COVID 19 okay, is this. You've got a lot of coaches that are trying to go ahead and get some of their own players where they had worked before. Case in point, okay, yesterday the uh, Chicago Bears acquired Nick Foles. Matt Nagy reunited with Nick via uh, a la Kansas City. Uh, what, now here's an interesting number, Rude Dog, you read it? Mm-hmm. The Detroit Lions have seven former New England Patriots on the roster, and Matt Patricia uh, only has six Lions from uh, when he began his tenure as coach. What do you think of that? Isn't that amazing or what? I, okay Everything is all relationship building where you're going to get guys you're familiar with. Don't be surprised if Ron Rivera adds some familiarity to Washington and the beat goes down. Go ahead, Ruby.
0: Well, no, I was just going to say that, that it, you know, the, the loss of Darius Slade to the Eagles was a huge blow for them. But look, I'll be honest with you, Detroit Lions, it doesn't, it doesn't appear as though they're doing anything, in, at least from, from the quarterback. Perspective; they would be wise to at least bring in a, a viable backup. And those three agents that are out there right now, at least from the quarterback position, is Jameis Winston through almost more interceptions than, than he did touchdowns last last season. Uh, Cam Newton hardly ever played because he, he had that Liz, Liz Franck, and he had other injuries and things of that nature. Um, you still have two b- pretty decent guys out there. I mean, 2015 NFL MVP, we know what happened post-Super Bowl when he lost. Uh, and I think that that has a lot to do with, clearly, um, th- this is not the new head coach's guy, right? This is, this is the old head coach, and Rivera's out. I don't think Rivera wants anything to do with Cam Newton, but I think that there are still a couple spots that would really be viable, and I'd hate to think that Cam Newton would take a backup spot, but at this point, he's, I don't know, he's almost, he's almost out, outpriced himself, almost outmatched himself financially to get another team to really listen to his contract and say, hey, look, can you guys take this over? What are they going to do? Probably cut him. That's exactly what they did with Todd Gurley. Um, and, 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 and don't forget, dead cast space hurts you as a team. It limits your ability to acquire free agents because not only do they see that, but the money's not on the books. It's dead. You right. can't spend it. You can't use it. It's worthless. It's worthless right. like, like a dog turd. So so here we go with the situation that Todd Gurley finds himself in. I'm going to go back to Darius Slay in a minute. I think Todd Gurley has a situation where – he can he can he can pick or he can sit, right? So he's going to pick a team or more so. Moreover, and I think you were definitely right and you were onto something talking about him being in Atlanta. I think he would be a great fit in Atlanta. To be honest with you, he played his college ball there. He's he's a bulldog um, for life, as they say, and I think that he would do really good with with, with Matt Ryan and that very you know stout run friendly offensive line that we've known historically. That, that the Atlanta Falcons have had. However, on the other side of that boot, if the Bucks give him an option to come in and and pick him up, decide to pick, he, he's like, he this guy's a hot commodity. I understand he's got right. a knee problem. There's still off-season workouts. There's been a lot of changes to that because of the COVID nineteen. Uh, but I right. think a lot of that has to do with them being player 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 cautious and player aware. And I think the NFLPA did a did a fantastic job. in in regards to setting the standards, setting the tone. Um, And I want to talk about this for for half a minute, and then we'll go to Darius Slay. The the CBA, though, those those just passed recently, there are a lot of players out there saying, don't sign it. You know, this, and I'm trying to think of one very outspoken uh, defensive NFL player. I'm not going to use his name, but he was screaming and kicking and moaning and groaning about, don't sign the CBA it's this, that, and the other, so on and so forth. And so I think right. it's Russell, Russell Kuhn. Right. And, and, and so Russell himself, don't sign it, don't sign it, don't sign it. Well, if that was the case, was he there to refute the CBA? If you're, if you're not going to be part of the solution, you're part of the problem because you didn't try to fix this in advance. In other words, you can try to sign a blank check, but without your signature, the check is worthless. And if they're going to all complain right. about the actions and transactions and things that happened down the road uh, headed into 20, was it 20, 20, 2030 or something to that effect. Um, th- th- this is going to, you know, basically quiet all these other players and said, well, why would we well, you say know, you can't complain about something that you didn't take part of the process in to begin with. Right. So let's just put that out there right then and there. What are your thoughts about CBA and how do you believe this is affecting players?
1: Well, the CBA right now is exactly what it's going to be. Uh, the guys that are making the most money are going to get the most money. But when they continue to add more revenue because of two playoff games and then you have the extra game, you're going to find a lot of the guys that aren't making as much money benefiting, and uh, and it's going to enable them to protect players from going to the XFL. So You know, it creates more opportunities. I've, I know it's, uh, what, a 100-page document, Rudy? So. I certainly don't read too many pages in books in the first place, but from what I've heard from experts in the industry, Rude Dog, I I think that the uh, players that are less experienced, you're going to find a lot of NFL teams going with a lot of younger players. And and say you have a uh, 56 roster or whatever, you're going to find maybe five or ten of them are being paid what they really figure they can be paid. The other 50 are going to what is it, a million a year is a minimum, I think. So it's going to benefit a lot of the other other players, and that's how you're going to fill out the rest of the roster.
0: Well, so, well, well think about it like this, though. Look, look at the players who have already retired, that, that have played full seasons, not halves, not quarters, full seasons. Every full season counts as a full year, a calendar year for them, right? So so those, those games count towards money that you would otherwise not get. They become they become fluid for these players that otherwise didn't have the opportunities before. Um, they also have a lot to do with um, the benefits for these retired players. And to be honest with you, this is this is more more of a help to those retired players that otherwise would have never seen that kind of money. me and Nolan Harrison uh, were tweeting back and forth and of course I'm always on Twitter at Rugra sto me a follow. You can follow Scott as well uh, at Scoop with four threes, um, five threes. Five threes. Sorry, you're gonna have to change that, Scott.
1: Oh, that's so. Five of a kind is a good. Hey, Rudy, a five of a kind in poker is a really good uh, hand, so it's okay, no problem, brother. <laughs> if no, five
0: you're, if if you're a gambling man, speaking of gambling, Darius Slay, a guy yeah. who was the premier cornerback, uh, at least I thought he was premier, and when I say premier. He was premier to the Detroit Lions. And the fact right. alone that, again, knowing Detroit, understanding what they don't know how to do, and that's to acquire the right players, whether it's through the draft, free agency, it's almost as if they they, they, they shy away from free agency uh, to, to the effect of being aggressive, getting the guys to fill those voids, filling those positions. I don't know that Matt Patricia is doing any of this scouting, any of this recruiting? Because I know college coaches do it. Do NFL coaches do it? And if so, why did Darius Slay leave? Was it because of money? Was it because of a combination of things? Why Why does now Darius Slay call Philly and the vet home?
1: I'm going to ask you two questions. Thank you very much for leading me to do this. By the way, it was a good segue earlier. Number one, who's the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles?
0: Uh, that I don't know. If you would ask me that ten minutes ago, I probably wouldn't have known. Okay, uh, no big deal. Well, I know
1: where it's I'm going. it it's, Jim
0: it Jim Schwartz. It? I know. Yeah, past guy. Oh, oh okay. Oh, all right. Past oh, tense. Past, past tense. Sorry, I, I just thought about yeah. it because I thought I always wondered how how he still had a job as a head coach for for the Lions. But anyway, go ahead. Uh,
1: all right. <laughs> well, actually, I, I think he, I think he deserves another chance to get a head coaching job. That'll probably be for another show. So he was actually the head coach of the Lions, and he actually brought in Slay. So Slay has some uh, a, a tremendous amount of respect for sports. Now they're reunited in Philadelphia. And anytime you have, once again, Rudy, I, I mentioned this earlier, and I'll say it again, you have a lot of relationships plugged into the equation where there's familiar with players and coaches. And this is just another one of those examples that you're going to get some great play out of Slay, and he's getting a little bit of extra cabbage, too, you know, as in dollars, you know, because I think they got a $50 million extension, 30 of it guaranteed to play for the Eagles who desperately needed them. So, again, getting to my point, Rudy, he's the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, former head coach of the Lions, and that's where you make the connection. He'll be fine. Well,
0: I'm I'm not a fan of Jim Schwartz. I never have been. He proved nothing to me as a head coach for the Lions. I'm not a Nobody
1: proves anything. when you're head coach the Lions. So, all right, let's go Well,
0: on. okay. Well, well, Matt. Matt certainly did when he was with New England. What happened? He proved his worth. And look, look what, look what he landed—a head coaching spot in Detroit. I think that's where head coaches go to die. I don't know. Oh yeah, uh, no, no. Hey,
1: listen. <laughs> I'm I trying to remember the last time a full-time head coach ever got a, uh, another head coaching job after they left the Lions. And you know what? I'll bet you any money is long before you were born perhaps even before I was born. Uh, Josh, if I want to get into that discussion.
0: Were the uh, Lions relevant then, too? Oh, wait. No, well, they, they weren't. won
1: four championships. Just, uh, the last time they won a championship was on uh, my birthday, December 29th, but 1957, five years before they were hatched. Now, I don't know for sure, but I believe George Wilson was the last Lions head coach that ever got a full-time job when he went from the Lions over to the Miami Dolphins, who was the first coach. I'd have to correct myself on that, but I have a gut feeling that's exactly what's place way. Is. But, but in other words, they don't get hired anywhere else. Well, Jim Caldwell didn't get hired. My goodness, and he was the first head coach in many, many years that actually left with a winning record. So, go figure, man. That's all I can tell you. Well,
0: you know, all, all I can say is this, is, is that if you are if you are the guy and you're supposed to be the head coach, and you're going to find yourself in a situation where you're going to have to make the tough decisions. And those tough decisions aren't sometimes the best decisions, right? Right. And right. And, and so the the type of moves, very questionable, um, to come over to play under Jim Schwartz wasn't very good. I, I didn't like his style. He was non-aggressive. He was very passive. It's just not something that I find. Now, okay, you, you have the other end of the spectrum. You have head coaches – like Bill Cowher, who liked to you know fly spit at 100 miles an hour. Put on your face shield and just beware of that in advance. You know? <laughs> but right, but, right. but Darius Lee found himself a serious payday. I mean, he left Detroit making pretty decent money, and now he's in a situation where a, a lot of his money is basically guaranteed. And the sad right. part about that is, is that he was he was due for it. His play there, uh, just. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's just – and I understand people want to make trades and things of that nature, but this was a situation that, you know, when you pick a guy, you know, uh, that will give Detroit a third round, 85th over on a fifth round in the, the 166th in a trade, that you're not really saying a whole lot there, to be quite honest with you. But when you're talking three years at $50 million – which includes right. that thirty million guaranteed. So this is massive payday for him. He wasn't getting that in Detroit. I, I like oh, Darius Slay. I, I, I watched I watched him play on the ball. I watched him play on the receiver. He is an outstanding cornerback. That's what the Eagles have been needing for a while. Right. Now what they did was, in lieu of getting Darius Slay, they cut Malcolm Jenkins. What is what does Jenkins do? Jenkins leaves, gets picked up by New Orleans, where he came for, where he, where he was picked off to begin with. By the Saints, and now will finds himself in a very, very comfortable situation. Already proven Super Bowl winner, he's making thirty two million. Um, a lot of it's guaranteed uh, right up front. I mean, he he plays he plays a free safety, but still, he, you know, he played lights out while in Philadelphia. And the fact alone that he was able to cement his career there, it's almost as if what he meant to Philadelphia was what Tom Brady meant to the Patriots, to the extent of who he was, his personality, and what he did in his respective position for the team that he played on. What do you think about the slay move? Were you slayed by this trade?
1: Well, what bothered me about the thing, to be, uh, Rudy, is that I, I'm surprised the Lions didn't get a bigger return than a third and a fifth round pick for a three-time Bowl. I mean, you know, that's what I think. It doesn't yeah, surprise do me right. at all. It's the Lions, man. Well, I know. Come on, listen. Just because you've had more success in Pittsburgh than I've had doesn't mean that, you know, we still can't be skeptical and upset when you did get a good ROI for the guy. You follow me? I mean, hey, listen, we haven't been to a Super Bowl, so don't forget that, even though it really makes me bite my tongue telling you about this, and you won a Super Bowl on our field at Ford Field. Okay. Although, you know, so I think the Lions actually went ahead. The third and the fifth round pick. Doesn't do anything. Make sure they should have gotten the first round
0: pick, or first and a third. If Slay's as good as he is, so well, he's as good as he is. But 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 again, think about this. Guys don't end up in the Pro Bowl. Why? Because the rest of the defense is is sad. They're not right. very good. They're not very athletic. So so the overall defensive rankings will diminish your individual play. I don't care what anybody says. They can they can talk about it all they want. But at the end of the day. It's what your team does collectively that will allow for you to be successful and to be recognized for your individual success as well as a collective success. And, and, landed, and Detroit has too, not far been far successful far far. at all. Oh, just we just stole that out there.
1: But he's landed the oh, yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, no, thanks, that, so that's okay, perfectly okay. I, I, I want to I segue the whole Saints conversation because Sean Payton today, <laughs> today alone, Sean Payton uh, – was diagnosed with COVID, so the, the the coronavirus does not discriminate. And i just want to make I just want to say this for the record: it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't tell you that you have to be a certain age in order to be infected or die from this disease. Okay, right. end of story. So let me just put that out there right there. However, Coach Payton goes on to say that uh, you know there's been no sweatiness, no upper respiratory problems. Seems to be in good shape for the most part. But again. We have seen this, you know, start before. In regards to it, didn't you know start out so bad, but it ended up being bad for some of these guys. I think right. I, I, I can only say, and I, I can put my my there for Coach Payton in hopes that he is okay uh, and he actually recovers completely and is able to live a, a you know normal average life. And and I know the NFL is probably the least of his concern, uh, but to come back and coach would be. a a true dynamic story all into itself so i just wanted to throw that out there for for and
1: you you should i mean let's face the reality while every team every league is canceling the games just so happens the nfl you know is during their off season so they haven't lost anything yet for the cancellations when this thing gets a little bit more as we drag it out a little further it becomes more of a headache than it is now but it's a headache anyway so yeah i i hope sean Payton. Rebounds, And I think the reason he went public with this, he wanted to make sure even a guy of mine, a uh, stature, can get it. So, you know, I just want to, I have nothing to hide. I'm looking to get better. And he's just trying to send a big message out there, no more or less than when Magic Johnson was diagnosed with the HIV virus. And, and you know what? Everybody thought that was a death sentence leading the HIV, to the AIDS virus and how did it work out? Magic beat it, okay? And he took a lot of medication. So there's hope out there for these kinds of things. It's just we're a little bit new into the COVID nineteen d- game right now, so you know, yeah, obviously we're all a little bit uh, in a situation where we're living the way we don't want to with the social distance business. But I, I'm with you all the way there, Rudy. I
0: really am. Well, the, the the good thing is we'll be able to fist bump virtually. Uh, so <laughs> kudos to to, to <laughs> kudos to Coach Payton, and I, I really hope that that he gets better soon. Uh, speaking of of more sports related. Uh, situations involving coronavirus there is I mean obviously Kevin Durant were tested uh, four four I believe three or four players from the 76ers were also tested um, they're obviously not not going to say who it was at least at this time other than Christian Woods uh, showing a positive test in in the Detroit Pistons system and of course they all had relation to what they had a game they had a game against everybody Tree. you know they had they had a game against um, uh, a game against the Jazz where Rudy Gobert played Donovan Mitchell obviously a teammate of his were playing you know playing on the same court with the same connection with the same the same everything uh, and to be quite honest with you this is this is kind of a scary situation because all it takes is a breath and all of a sudden people are being are being infected w- with this virus Um, And, of course, you have to look back at these past games, Scott, in regards to Brooklyn played the Celtics, the Grizzlies, the Spurs, Bulls, and the Lakers. Do you expect more to come out of this from NBA teams in regards to who was uh, tested uh, positive for this coronavirus?
1: No no question about it. Oh, yeah. And, And the Jazz played the Pistons. And here's another one that I don't know if you're familiar with. John Forslund of the Carolina Hurricanes in the NHL. Uh, when Carolina visited the Detroit Red Wings, stayed I think in the same hotel room as I I believe it was Gobert, one of those players, and he got infected. I did, did you know that? No. Broadcaster?
0: No, yeah, I didn't. The, the,
1: yeah, well, that's okay. Uh, I'm here to educate you too, dog. But uh, so, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, the education.
0: Well, the the, the the real education, Scott, are those people that are out there that are spreading this light, like wildfire. If you get symptoms, yeah. go get tested. Go get checked. Absolutely. Don't don't mess around with it. Don't think, oh, it's just a flu, this, that, and the other. Do you not know what's going on around you? Get out from the rock you're under and go get tested immediately. There are free testing sites all over the country, uh, and all these tests are free. So just kind of be 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 aware of that. Uh, and, and I oh, think so
1: – Think about it for a minute, Rudy, okay? The Pistons are playing the Utah Jazz over – and then, uh, within a matter of hours, you have the Carolina Hurricanes taking on the Red Wings, and then you have two people within a 72-hour time frame, or whatever it may be, getting affected by the COVIV 19 you know, a hockey broadcaster, who, of course, is really good, and, of course, Rudy Gobert, probably, I think none of his teammates like him anymore, but as a result, these are just two more things, and you're right, Rudy, we're going to hear a lot more out of it as time goes on. This Getting any better it's getting worse well so and, and and the worst part is our listeners to do yeah nice. get tested
0: yeah get get tested wash your hands don't you know if you're not feeling well stay away quarantine yourself just do do the best for you and your family and whatever you do um speaking of, of family 76ers uh, three more members from their i guess the operations support staff uh players and coaches were all tested Um, And all three of those tests came back positive. So this is spreading fast. It's going to get worse before it gets better, especially in the sports organization. And then uh, today alone, a Nuggets employee, a member of the organization, obviously whether or not that person was a player or team employee hasn't been disclosed. Um, However, also um, tested positive for the coronavirus. So this, again, this does not discriminate against anyone age- you know, the, the whole age adage before beauty does not apply here. Uh, and then, furthermore, it, this is just a big shutdown of absolutely everything. An Ottawa senator came out positive uh, for it right. as well. He has mild symptoms, and it's self-isolating. Uh, and, and Mikel Arteta, everybody knows that he was also positive. Uh, the English Premier Arsenal uh, side was tested positive for that. I mean, this is... This is unbelievable, and it's it's really shutting down sports in every single way possible, making what everybody takes out there for granted, that sports is going to be there. It'll always be there no matter what happens, et cetera, and so forth and such. A guy by the name of Adam Silver, which you probably should know, Scott, well, you probably already do, but those that don't know, he's a commissioner for the NBA. He laid out the framework for everything that's actually going on right now and what what the NBA is really going to do and what they continue to do in regards to what the schedule is going to look like if play resumes this season. He's really taking this by the horns. Uh, what do you think about Adam Silver's response to all this? And is it, is it trending in, in, in the right direction for the NBA to move forward, if not this year, the following year?
1: Well, there are a lot of things I don't like what Adam Silver has done. I don't like the idea that he's tinkering with the playoff format. Okay, and then the in-season uh, tournament and a lot of the things he's trying to do. But I got to give him, a, I got to give him credit here. You know, once something uh, badly such places go Gobert, and of course Donovan Mitchell has his thing as well. You know, I think they're teammates, and yeah, you know, I got to give the commissioner credit. He made a bold move that caught the entire sporting world's attention, and then everything canceled, and the dominoes dropped. And with me and Rudy being an online publication like we are at the South Florida Tribune. I means I'm not getting the updates I need from around the country, but obviously I, I understand that thanks to Adam Silver doing what he did, then, yeah, I think he definitely gets an A for handling this situation. I think he's done a really, really good job. And, uh, you know, you talked about KD for a minute. Isn't it amazing? This guy could go out there and make news, not on the basketball court, but he's got coronavirus. My goodness. Get me some stats, KD. Okay? Not coronavirus, you know, but again, we have to hear this, right? Right, Rudy? You know, we're talking about Kevin Durant with the coronavirus. To me, it's like saying, Alan Iris said, practice? What do I mean practice for? My goodness, you know, I mean, really? You know, but you know where I'm going with this, Rudy, uh, and, and that's this, okay? Kevin Durant is a big name, getting attention for this whole thing. Who knows what he was doing? Get this virus. You know, it's not like he made the smartest decision before when he was Golden State, when he was banged up to play again, uh, and Golden State was taking their uh, taking a hit with the Toronto Raptors. So, but to answer your question, Rudy, okay, Adam Silver's done a good job with this, so more kudos to him.
0: Well, I think he has as well. I mean, he, he's really trying to look at the post sports landscape. He's, his mentality, his attitude, his demeanor, everything that that is targeted. Forward, what the season will look like in regards to no spro- sports programming is just one of the things that are that that applies to the new reality that's a part of the new reality what we call reality now wasn't like that a week ago wasn't like that two weeks ago and so we really have to follow mental guidelines to say well yeah we may have cabin fever but we're healthy you may not have to go to work. We're working at home, but at least we're healthy. You know, you don't have to keep that in the back of your mind. I, and I think Adam Silver's doing a very good job in in regards to the diversion he believes people need to have and the entertainment value that that we've you know we as a culture have built a, a, around us. You know, we've gone to the movies, we've done all these different things to keep us entertained. And, and I think that people still need to keep that in mind that this will eventually go away. This, this, this is not meant to be forever. It may be right now, but not forever. And, and I think that when you're talking about Kevin Durant, whether or not he knew he had it beforehand, well, people get the flu constantly. So it's not as if he knew in advance that this is a corona flu. He didn't have a clue. I mean, heck, I've been calling it Kung Flu for the last week, you know, because this will <laughs> kick you right on your keister, you know, if, if you're not careful. So this Kung Flu coronavirus stuff is just out of control but I think overall, when, when, when you look at what Adam Silver's done, now make no mistake, yeah, okay, fine. So the All-Star game may not have been everybody's cup of tea. I actually enjoyed it. I actually appreciated it. Um, but what I don't appreciate is Rudy Gobert, knowing in advance that he had the coronavirus, yet he still played. Something tells me there's something rotten in Bangkok, and that was a fact alone that he didn't know, that he either didn't prepare for, didn't think about, didn't even cross his mind in order to determine whether or not, you know, you know, maybe I'm not really feeling so bad. Maybe I shouldn't be playing. And then I just need to go home, right? So yeah. he, he, he goes home Are and nobody else gets gets affected. I, I think that was I, – I mean, clearly there's some ignorance in regards to that because the coronavirus thing wasn't so, you know, vibrant and new and relative and it, it wasn't so out there as it is right now. Um, so what do you think of Gobert? Is. Do you think Gobert was hiding in or something?
1: You know something. Really well. Uh, the one thing I really have a problem with Colbert is how do you go to a press conference and touch every stupid microphone and, and downplay the significance as like it's nothing, and all of a sudden it becomes unprecedented heading for everybody. Really, you're going to go out there and joke around about something and touch, put your hand on every stink microphone. You got reporters' microphones out there, and you're downplaying it. All of a sudden, he's go- trying to go ahead and really downplay the situation. Albeit he gave 500 grand out of his pocket to help out down the line. But that's not the point, Rudy. It isn't. Don't be stupid. You don't put your hand on every microphone. And, you know, you're right. Everything you said, I agree with you. So uh, there's no debating with that. But negligence and stupidity, come on, Rudy. Do you have a lot of patience Patience for either negligence or stupidity? You tell me that you do. I'm probably
0: going to say no to that. Um... Well, good. Let's <laughs> no. Because everybody, everybody knows about this now. This isn't something new. This is this is a new reality for everyone. And not having sports on TV is that reality. So you either find something else to do, or talk about sports as if it's there. We just spoke about free agency in the NFL. It's viable. It's happening. It's still going on. Whether or not the NFL draft is going on, it's a whole other story. Um, right. But but the NFL did a really good thing, and the NBA followed suit. This is the first time where it was the the role reversal. Usually, it's the NBA leading the NFL in regards to proactivity instead of reactivity. Well, the NBA said, "You know what? Well, if the NFL's offering it for free, why can't we?" And that's exactly right. what they did. They said, "You know what? We're going to give you NFL uh, pass. As a pass." Matter of fact, I was watching last year's game uh, against the Steelers and the. Um, and, and the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Then I switched to the Pro Bowl. Look, this is free entertainment, people, and it's free. You just have to subscribe, and it's good until May. So it's not as if you have to pay anything for it. You get coaches, film, you get all kinds of stuff. NBA right. said, you know what, we're going to follow suit. So this time that she was on the other foot, not the left, but the right one <laughs> at the NBA. <laughs> the, the NFL led with the left to go back on the right to make that throw. And, and right. of course, that transformed from a football into a basketball, Adam Silver caught that and said, so, you know what, we're going to do that too. So the NBA also, you can watch every single game for free on League Pass. I don't know the exact date because I didn't saw the NFL. I didn't saw the NBA one yet because I can only watch so right. much at one time. But, oh, is that right? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I don't have four eyes.
1: No, so. no you know, but you got <laughs> great eyes for Twitter, though. You do, man. I swear, I've never seen a Twitter machine like you, so take that as a
0: well, thanks a lot. Well, sometimes a machine needs the, uh, needs, needs the grease. So there you go there. This is Rudy Reyes with Scott Morgan Roth at Take No Punches. Tell us a follow. Come on now. It's not that difficult. It's not that hard. It's a lot easier than shoveling snow. I can tell you that much right now. So just uh, at Take No that. Punches.
1: I don't know what snow is down here, although i got to tell you a crazy situation in Arizona. We did have sleep out in Phoenix. Uh, I. But can I tell you, yeah, also, uh, if you can give me a follow on Twitter at Tribune South, that would be totally appreciated as well.
0: Yeah, always nice. Always nice to know the Tribune South is there. So uh, let's
1: go over some other NFL uh, things. Can we, Rudy? I know a lot of things took place over the last few days. We'll talk about Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, good uh, move uh, for Carolina. Uh, I, you know,
0: I really like that move for, for Carolina because now Bridgewater's in, in a situation. I'm glad you mentioned I want to talk about Bridgewater. Bridgewater's a guy. Who was injured? Just decimated non-contact injury. He tore, I think, ACL and, and MCL. I mean, he was he he was basically done in, in the NFL at least from that from that non-contact. to just a motion out, outside of the pocket. Um, he's a total comeback story, if, if I ever heard one. Um, he did. He played limitedly last year, right? We've seen Taysom Hill take a lot of great snaps make a lot of fantastic throws but of course he was franchise tagged by the saints so he couldn't go anywhere however teddy bridgewater the viable the most viable backup outside of having taysom hill for new orleans uh definitely provided him a very big payday and i think more more importantly he definitely showed why why he was valued why they really bought into to him as a person, you're talking about relationships earlier. It has a lot to right. do with it, but it's not everything. It's not everything. It's about 80 to 90 percent of everything in regards to where you go, what team selects you, what team picks you. And I think Teddy Bridgewater did a fantastic job during his rehab process. And kudos to the Saints for allowing him to do that. By the way, we can't remiss that one. But the fact alone that Teddy went over to a new system, new head coach, um, he got he got a massive payday. Definitely worthy of it, to say the least. I remember when he was in, in Minnesota, along with a guy by the name of Case Keenum, who's obviously not as viable as a backup as I thought he would have been, especially in D.C., but uh, Teddy Bridgewater certainly will do a lot of great things. Will spread out defenses. Uh, as long as Carolina has the tools and, and, and the weaponry, uh, You know, maybe in a two-tight end set, maybe in a bunch group on the left or right side, I think you put Teddy Bridgewater in a system he's familiar with, and we've seen it last year, and I made reference to it before, with Deshaun Watson and the fact alone you get Teddy Bridgewater in a situation where he can make those dying throws, uh, especially when you're in the red zone. I think that really says a lot about his mechanics, his personality, his attitude toward the game, and where he where he came from and now knowing where he's going to go, and clearly he found his landing spot. What do you think about Bridgewater's move? What I think it's a great move for Carolina, for uh, sure.
1: Well, here's what I think. Okay, we can't lose sight of this, all right, Rudy. Number one, you know, he, the offensive coordinator for Carolina is Joe Brady. He was assistant for the Saints for two years and also with LSU. So you already have a person, a coach who already believes in you and know what you can do. To me, that sets you up for success. So I think he's going to be fine. Uh, you know, you, you couldn't depend on Cam Newton anymore. The guy was... Teddy Bridgewater, I saw him play against the Jaguars last year, and he looked pretty good. But, you know, he's going to get a fresh start to show what he is, and he deserved deserved the payday, and I think he deserves a fresh start. I think it's a fine move. For the Panthers, now, unfortunately, the Panthers don't have Greg Olson, so there's one year tight end. so you're going to rely on Christian McCaffrey a lot, Rudy. And when you start relying on Christian McCaffrey, you just better hope you don't burn him out, and they better have some more offensive weapons. That's the only concern I have out there. Yeah, the I yeah.
0: Situation. Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll, I kind of want to move in my neck of the woods for a minute, uh, and, and, and <laughs> to, to, to mention um, Bridgewater for, for for half a second. I, I I think Bridge will do a great job there. I really do, and I I think he's just going to get that much better. You know, third year in the NFL. You know, first year was kind of a oops. You know, second is recovery. His third year, uh, definitely. Going to be a solid player for certain, uh, especially in Carolina, where, where they really need more of a mature. And I'm not saying that Cam's immature. There have been signs of him showing a maturity, but I think Bridgewater brings. When when you work under a guy by the name of Drew Brees, you learn things. you Drew Drew will teach you things. He's not going to teach you to replace him because no starting quarterback, no starting position player in the NFL will do that. However. What that does is is that sets up a solid segue for Bridgewater to learn uh, underneath Breeze to a point where he felt comfortable enough, knowledgeable enough, and be able to execute in 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 the in the Breeze like fashion. So, definitely, Juries out in Carolina. I look for them to be the contenders in the upcoming season. Granted, there is one. I'm just putting that out there now.
1: Well, well let me point this out to you, Rudy. Okay, if Breeze doesn't sign that to I think that Bridgewater is the heir apparent to uh, Breeze. But when you saw that, you know, that Drew was hanging around, well, then it, that became apparent. Because I know there was interest in Bridgewater with the Bears, who ultimately landed with Nick Foles. So, uh, you know, and that changed the game altogether for the Yeah. So, so again, that's where as we always say in our industry, where the dominoes drop, that's pretty much what happened. There.
0: Yeah, that, and, and, and that's exactly right. I mean, I've, I believe that Taysom Hill – probably would have been the ultimate error pair because this guy's a trickster. Make no mistake. He's played in all phases on an NFL field. It's hard to find a quarterback or a high, highly skilled position player. I mean, I understand if you're playing, uh, you're, if you're playing safety and you move to free safety, or if you're a safety, you play a double shadow, you know, in a cornerback set or, or whatever situation might be. But to find a guy like Taysom Hill, it's so well-rounded to do all the things that he's done for, for the Big Easy and, and for Saints fans, I can't say that I appreciate what happened at the end of that very last game where they should have won that but did not. That's another story, and that's a whole nother time, a whole nother segment. This is Rudy Reyes, Scott Morgan Roth at Take No Punches. Throw us a follow. Love it. Never leave it. Like it. Share it because we, we're into that kind of funky stuff. So speaking of funky, Chris Harris, which is a funky move, I think it is, leaving Denver. Why? Because of money. I, th- I think Chris Harris leaves Denver, heads over to another AFC West foe to play for the, for the Chargers. And I think this instantly gives Chargers more credibility uh, defensively in order to stop those passes, in order to, you know, he, he's one of those not giving up a lot of chunk yards after the catch kind of guy, because that's what he's done his entire career. Uh, and of course, heading into his third season, certainly something to put his hat on to. Uh, ended up winning a Super Bowl and so on. But uh, Chris Harris is a guy that I obviously didn't get a chance to meet him, much less interview him while he was here. Um, but the other end of that spectrum would be Justin Simmons, whom the Denver Broncos placed a franchise tag on on Justin about a little, a little under a week ago. Um, Justin, I haven't really had a chance to interview or even speak to Justin about it, but. He didn't seem to be upset by it. Uh, I I think he's comfortable with the system. I think he he recognizes the types of challenges without having Chris Harris uh, on on the opposite side of him. But I think that the Broncos really, and to be honest with you, the the Broncos really didn't do a whole lot. I mean, they they got rid of Joe Flacco. They cut him due to uh, a failed designation health-wise just to kind of say bye, thanks for your one-year service and call it a day. He wasn't very good. In the system. I think Joe Flacco's best bet, to be quite honest with you, he's already won a Super Bowl. He just needs to retire and call it a day. But they went in and acquired Jeff Driscoll, another Detroit name, uh, and ended up signing him to the Denver roster to back up Drew Locke. And the things that I've seen from Drew Locke last year, I I, I think Driscoll, not that Driscoll's been in there any longer, maybe just one more year, opposite of, of, um, of Drew Locke being his his rookie year of course not how he wanted, it, I'm sure. Uh, but I think Driscoll has a little bit more experience and I think you may you're gonna see these guys battle it out at the upcoming training camp. Again, if there is an NFL season you're gonna see him out there. All signs pointing towards the NFL season, but let me just kinda of put that out there. Um, and I, I, I don't know that the that the Broncos have made solid moves. Do you like the Driscoll signing from Detroit? And yep. so what are your thoughts about Jeff as out? a whole?
1: with the quarterbacks that are out Who
0: there. who who could they have grabbed? Cam Newton maybe?
1: But well, Cam but sure, Cam
0: not? but well because Cam didn't, Cam didn't New- want Cam didn't want a backup role.
1: Well right now he's gonna find out sooner or later that that maybe the only thing that's out there for him to get. And Jameis Winston's out there. I think he certainly be a high profile individual. You know, I mean you know he's not gonna get the money that he thinks he's gonna get. So I, I can just say right now Jeff you know, I mean, Matt Morris out there, Rudy. He's a capable backup, wasn't he, for the Miami Dolphins. He's a journeyman that's done pretty well. And He's relatively
0: serviceable, Lions. yeah.
1: I agree. Yeah, right. So, Matt Morris always good. And just so you know, the Lions signed Chase Daniels to back up Matthew Stafford. You know, if they knew that. So, you know, I don't know how good he'll be in Detroit. But there's a lot of good. uh well, I think Blake Bortles isn't all that bad for a backup either. Remember, this guy won a couple playoff games. You know, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, uh, you know what, Rudy? I'm sorry, pal. I can't uh, give Jeff Driscoll the endorsement that you people in the Rocky Mountains want here. I, I just don't.
0: Well, I, I look. The, the the guy took a fifteen, you know, a million five hundred dollar discount. It's not as if, you know, he got paid any more money. He's just a backup, and that's really all all he is a serviceable backup. Now, the only way he raises his stakes, as you know, is gameplay, quarterback play understanding his checkdowns, knowing where he's going to throw the ball to, knowing when not to throw, when to run, when to recognize coverage, not to throw in a double covered guys, uh, you know, things of that nature. All the, all, all the nuanced things that you want a quarterback to have on your team. Uh, the fact that he got a pay cut. Yeah. He had a $750,000 signing bonus, which anybody would like to do, but the, but the, the, the financials on this, he signed a two year, $5 million deal. He had a 50 million, uh, 500 signing bonus, um, guaranteed, you know, it's not as if they, they really win the tank on this guy. I mean, they, they only took a million seven fifty from from a cap hit. So it's not as if they really, you know, kind of sunk their, their feet in, their toes in the sand in order to get Jeff Driscoll. I think Matt Moore, and, and I, I believe, I think Matt Moore would have been more of a serviceable quarterback. But the fact that Cam Newton did want to be a backup, and I can't say that I blame him. But, look, as a player, you have to recognize and you have to kind of flip the script. Would you want someone who's had kind of an emotional issue? Would you want someone who hasn't exhibited the kind of NFL MVP type of play, you know, during the regular season or during a Super Bowl to end up with a post-game conference like that? I don't think that really shows maturity at all. I think that's one of the reasons, other than, other than the obvious, him basically pricing himself out, as we were talking about earlier. That other players find themselves in, in a situation where, you know, I want X amount of dollars and I'm not going to play until I get that. And I think that's a lot, well, It no. really, really well served to, to, to take what's what's there, to take what's available.
1: You, you, you ever heard of Humble Pie? Guess what? Cam Newton's going to eat it. He will. I mean, yeah, his professionalism, as you mentioned, to me, okay, comes into question when you have an idiotic uh, Super Bowl postgame press conference. And he's done a lot of stupid things that really haven't looked all that good. So, you know, too bad if he wants to be employed in this league, he will. And you know, uh, I much as I hate to bring up Colin Kaepernick, okay, Colin Kaepernick knows too much publicity. Bad publicity is going to get you blackballed. I don't think Cam Newton's gone that far yet, but with all due respect, okay, I, I just think that Cam Newton just got to realize that if, if that's the uh, if that's the opportunity that's out there, and we can't lose sight of one big thing with dogs, okay? One injury puts you in the football game. One. You know, so you better be – it's like you're on top, okay? You're on top. If somebody goes down, you better be – and then that's when you have an opportunity to win the job. If you want to uh, think about uh, Drew Bledsoe Tom Brady. Uh, Drew Bledsoe gets knocked out. Tom Brady does pretty well. And, and he never looked back, did he?
0: No, so, not at all. And neither we did, did Ben Roethlisberger. Tommy Maddox went down, and here comes Ben Wonsensperger to the rescue. Well, he was a starter from, from that point forward. So, you know, it, it, it's all about production. Right. Nick Foles did not produce in Jacksonville, now headed over to Chicago with all that dead money, just like the Rams have, tons of dead money, millions of dollars in dead money, I might add. And, and again, preventing themselves and putting them out of situations where we gave them a bad contract. Instead of admitting it, maybe internally they admitted it to themselves, but we just put a bad we, we put a bad product out there. It wasn't good. We overpaid. That was beyond not good. Uh, and and I think a lot of those teams will, well, you're going to start to see a trend of teams that have overpaid with dead money. will now start to draft down to see what they can find. And I think scouts are, are going to be a lot more fluid with those, with those types of decisions to bring back that information, that amount of data, that analysis to head coaches, owners, and to give them compelling reasons why they should sign X, Y, and Z people and to not take this and that. And then, look, I understand a scout's position. I, I know what they do. I understand. I respect what they do. Um, but, uh, but, but, again, you got to scout it properly in order to get the right product on the field. And as well, it stands no, right no. now, the, the, the Jaguars don't have that. Uh, and as much as I'd like to say that the Rams are ultimate contenders – um, ending NFC West, that remains to be seen because of all the pieces that they've lost, including right. cutting Todd Gurley, which they could have easily uh, acquired something for. Instead, of they just they just cut him. Why? Because nobody wants to take on that contract because of oh, that, that two-year true. extension.
1: Well, I, I think the one thing about Jacksonville, uh, and, I, and I'm around the team quite a bit, is Gardner mentioned we knew when he got drafted he was going to be a uh, uh, potentially a good quarterback. It just so happens that when – Nick Foles got hurt and Gardner took over the job. Uh, He was a smart club for the team and got him a handful of wins. So, you you know, you've got a low, you you know, you have a quarterback that you knew could potentially be good. He he was uh, mentored by Mike Leach, which didn't hurt any either. So, with all due respect, you know, Gardner, he was a very smart quarterback is really what he has. so. So, you know, I think, and Nick Foles, when he did have an opportunity, didn't do himself any favors and by that time Rudy,
0: the uh, season was lost well season was lost because i mean and, and, and look jaguars uh, the jaguars have lost a lot of pieces as oh, well yeah. uh and, and and they're gonna have to <laughs> rebuild right. the system they're gonna have oh, to recognize yeah. what they what they don't have what they need to have what they should have but the bigger question is is what they're going to get and obviously, right. that there is a lot, uh, a lot to be desired there, especially in Jacksonville. This is Rudy Rans yeah. along with Scott Morganroth at Take No Punches. Don't also follow. We certainly appreciate it, uh, love it, like it, never leave it, share it because we're into that.
1: Um, well, well, don't we say to this, Rudy, in Jacksonville? You know, they got a couple picks from the Jalen Ramsey trade, and Doug Marrone and David Caldwell are, are under a uh, you win or you're out. I mean, that's where Sean Conn's at. Now, would they give him a little flexibility? They've gotten rid of a lot of his players. I don't know. I, that, to me, time will tell. But, again, uh, like I told you with Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn, Sean Conn and David Coltwell are getting another year. And, of course, Tom Coughlin was your scapegoat last year, although I think Coughlin deserved to be fired anyways because of the embarrassment they had with the fines and reputation that the team had for the workouts that were not supposed to be workouts. So,
0: well, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think a lot to be said for, for the Jacksonville organization and, and, and what Con needs to do. What he really needs to do is, is a serious internal restructure. I said this on a past podcast, and I'm going to hold that right. true. And until that happens, they're going to find themselves in a very poor situation that is not going to benefit them in the long run unless, again, it's about scouting, it's about signing guys for the right contracts, right. the right amount of money, for the right reasons. Uh, to to kind of... Trickle back a little bit. Uh, speaking sure. of, of positive test results, Marcus Smart, who plays for the Celtics, came back positive. He was tested five Marla. days ago uh, and was uh, just received news uh, that, that he came back positive for CLV ID 19. Okay. Um, he's, he's mentioning it's the highest uh, with the highest of seriousness as a number one priority for our nation's health experts, and we must get more testing ASCP. And I completely agree with you, Marcus. I wish you the best. Uh, and I hope you get better soon, and I hope it doesn't get any worse. Uh, so, again, this is Rudy Reyes, Scott Morgan, Scott. Thanks a lot, man. Tell everybody where they can contact you, reach you, and where they can listen to the show.
1: Well, one, well I just want to close out on one other note, if I have another 30 seconds, a minute, if I can. Uh, I think the, I think things are looking good for the Miami Dolphins. They're spending a lot of money. they got they've stockpiled draft choices as well, so... And, you now I'll be curious to see what happens with the fish. This is a team that Everybody thought they were tanking for two or last year, and boy, they got five wins, and things are looking awfully good in Miami, and I don't know who, what you were, uh, and Austin Hooper, wasn't he a guy that you were uh, thinking about it as well at some point?
0: Yes, uh, yeah, that's exactly what i said. Hooper would be great in that system, which obviously he'll be able to do. It depends on the quarterback they get now. no everybody needs to put this in perspective. Tom Brady's no longer there in the AFC East. So there's gonna be a new champion crowned, and it's not gonna be the Patriots. I hate to burst your bubbles out there or your fantasy uh, drafts or whatever that might be. Uh, but the the new king of the mountain may very well be the Miami Dolphins. I think the Dolphins, who just had a conversation with Tua, uh, Tyvaloa, in regards to how he's feeling, just kind of get a the general census of, of how of how he is, how he's doing, uh, and how you believe. Uh, that that he could be this great piece uh, to this Miami Dolphins offense. And he could very well be, he could be that pick. Uh, And, and of course, he had the number one, you know, pick from the Steelers in acquiring Mika Fitzpatrick last year, which I think was an absolute win for both organizations. Probably one of the first uh, trades I've seen uh, actually occur where both teams made out like bandits. Uh, Steelers didn't quite make it. Miami, I mean, I understand they didn't want to tank, but to be quite honest with you, I think that's really what they were doing at the end of it when it's all said and done. I understand they still have Fitzpatrick, or in some cases, Fitz Tragic when he doesn't play well, or Fitz Magic <laughs> when he does. That's so that's hopefully fun. he can get that underneath his belt, uh, get that straightened out. But they still need a quarterback, and I've, I I really believe they're they're going to end up drafting Tua. I, 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 I believe too. that strongly. Um, yeah, so I'm with Yes, Scott, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you coming on, and uh, this I definitely will be posted everywhere.
1: Yeah. Enjoyed it, Really Look forward to the next time, all right? Really a fun show, a lot of content, and a lot of information. hope everybody got a lot out of it. So, I hope so, so, too. To I look, <laughs> look forward to the next one, buddy.
0: Yep, sounds good. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and uh, check us out on our next podcast. And, and of course, stay tuned for the Roo Dog Show. I'll have a new show coming real soon, so stay tuned for that one. This is Rudy Reyes. And Scott Morgan Roth, uh, thanks a lot for tuning in, and we'll see you soon.